Hello, and welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about things that have made the Scriptures become real and applicable to us because we think that helps us draw more power from the Scriptures, and we need that power. I'm your host, Kerry Mielstein, and this is a short cast where we're just going to talk about Psalms 24, and not even the whole psalm, just a couple of parts of it. And we're going to tie together some things that we mentioned in an earlier uh, podcast, and we'll refer to this again when we get to Isaiah chapter 1. But as we look at Psalm 24, this is a psalm you're probably familiar with. Many people call this an ascension psalm or a psalm that was uh, chanted or repeated or sung as you went up to the temple, maybe on the pilgrimage up to the temple, or maybe as you really went up the mountain right into the temple. Some people even think that some of the things might be like one verse with the Levites would sing to you, and then you would sing the next verse back to the Levites, almost as a temple recommend kind of a thing. Um, let's read these first couple of verses. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So this is a creation imagery, as you'll see the second verse even more so. But especially this idea that God is the creator and the owner of everything and everyone. All right. We especially get creation imagery in, in verse two. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. And if you remember way back and if you weren't with us yet, then go back and listen to some of our creation podcasts and episodes where we talked about creation out of watery chaos. Now, here is, is uh, the kind of linchpin verses, verse 3 and 4, and some people think that the Levites might uh, sing verse 3, and the pilgrims that are going to the temple would sing verse 4 back, and some people argue the reverse of that. Anyway, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? And that's a metaphor. The hill of the Lord is the temple. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? And the answer he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. We're going to focus on this part that says clean hands and a pure heart. It actually doesn't say clean hands. It says clean palms. All right. So the word is cough as opposed to yod, which is the word for hand. And you may remember, I, I believe I talked about this a little bit briefly in the, uh, the episode we did on the tabernacle. Um, but I actually did my master's thesis on the use of the palm of the hand of the rituals of the tabernacle or the temple of Solomon. And it turns out that in the, the rituals, as you go on your journey in the temple, journeying towards being in God's presence, there are certain things you have to give and certain things you have to receive. You give with your yod, your hand, you receive in your palm. Uh, you, that, that's where you get the things that you need from God. So you might uh, well, there are times you spread your palms out. That's a consistent image in the scriptures, uh, an image of supplication. You spread your hands out, and, and it would seem that the reason to do that is to show that they're empty, meaning they need to be filled, and, and they're empty, meaning they're clean. There's no blood on them. So now let's contrast that with, with uh, Isaiah chapter 1, where God says when they spread his palms before him in this supplication gesture, he will not answer their prayers, for their palms are full of blood. So if your palms are full of blood, they're not only empty, they're, they're dirty, right? Which means you don't have clean palms and a pure heart. Thus, you can't receive what you need and progress through the temple. So one of the reasons, uh, I, I mean, th there's, are there are a couple of levels to this answer, this idea of having clean palms and a pure heart and, and no vanity and, and, and no swearing deceitfully. So basically, keeping your covenants, being honest, uh, having clean actions and pure or good intents is really what that's talking about. Um, but think of this, not only should you not go in, you're not godly enough to go into the temple, but if you did, you still wouldn't be successful in the rituals 
because you can't receive what you need as you go along because your hands aren't clean. Now, someone who was wicked and maybe they didn't know it probably could do some of these rituals, but in reality, it's not happening. And that's the same with us as we go through uh, any of the rituals that we go through in our lives, whether that be the sacrament, baptism, rituals in the temple. Um, if we may go through the motions, but if our heart is not pure and, and, and we're not pure, then we're not really progressing, right? We may actually walk into the celestial room, but we haven't really progressed to become more godly. But if we are striving to have clean palms, if we've repented, and if we have pure intent and we're trying to keep our covenants, striving to keep our covenants, him that seeketh so to do, meaning trying to keep your covenants, um, if that's who you are, then you will receive what you need. And sometimes you receive something and you give it back to God. That's how it is. Everything we're giving, he gave us anyway. But you, you will receive what you need in order to keep progressing to be with God. And there's tremendous symbolism behind that, this idea that God will give us what we need to keep making it on our journey towards him just a little bit at a time. We don't make it all in one day or all at once, a little bit at a time. But God keeps giving us just enough of what we need to keep progressing as long as we're striving to be pure and taking advantage of the atonement so that we can be clean. Note verse five, for the person that has clean palms and a pure heart, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. God will make us righteous, right? He's the one that changes us. We just have to be trying and trying to be clean. And actually the rituals cleanse us, right? That's part of what the sacrament and the baptism, uh, uh, baptismal prayers and sacrament, it's all about or sacramental prayers and baptism, they all help cleanse us. And then we receive blessings, including righteousness from God who saves us. This is the generation of them that seek that him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. That's beautiful. And, and then he tells us, lift up your, your heads, O ye gates, so that and lift ye up, ye everlasting doors. So this is saying, open the veils, open the doors, all those things that are separating you from God. Keep opening them. And the king of glory shall come in. So this means God will come to his temple. So we're going in. God comes in. We get to meet. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Think of that. This is who's coming. Is God who is mighty in battle. We've talked about that in the divine warrior before. And we'll talk about it some more in, when we get to Isaiah again. But this idea that God, the reason that we can be clean, the reason we can join God's presence is because he is mighty in battle and he defeats our enemies whether that be sin, death, hell, depression, anxiety, pornography, uh, addiction to drugs, whatever it is, God can defeat all of that. And then it says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. So we're personifying the gates and the doors that they will open and let the king of glory in and let us in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory, Selah. Uh, and that's a, a musical term. We don't know exactly what it means, but... Uh, I think this is beautiful stuff. All we have to do is be trying to get our palms clean, take advantage of that atoning sacrifice, be trying to have pure intent, be striving so to do, and then God will give us everything we need to where he comes down and we come up and we meet together in a glorious, wonderful day. And of that, I testify of his possibility. I testify, and for that, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.